0: That's 20% off at Gremly.com slash podcast. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess
1: just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me. Or maybe step
2: two is flagging down a trainer to help and-
1: no way. I already spent most of my money on the gym
2: membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you.
1: So Fitbod does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me.
2: That's right. Fitbod actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of Fitbod costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download Fitbod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbond.me slash getfit. That's fitbond.me slash
3: like You sound like Darth Vader. <laughs>
4: It's a rap podcast It's a rap podcast It's a Rad-Ball-
5: Welcome back, everybody. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am B Don, joined by the Fantasy Master, Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How's it going, Gray? Hey, what's going on, B Don? You know what? I
3: am. Uh, I just wanted to announce. Uh, people probably already know this, but I am tied with over two thirds of Major League hitters with zero home runs. How about you, B Don? <laughs>
5: Yeah, you know, I think I might have even been caught stealing and also being the zeros uh, with everything. So I think I'm in line with a lot of people.
3: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, I'm having just as good a season as Kyle Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good. Yeah. I'm Pretty feeling sure. good. Me and uh me and me and Bo Bichette are battling for number one on fantasy player raider. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm feeling great. Um, you know what, beat on? I was thinking about this because like offense is obviously down across the league everywhere, right? And I was thinking like last year we had like 17 no-hitters in the major leagues, like in the first month. <laughs> like it was like there was no offense last year, in case people forgot. But what there was last year was pitching. (laughs) There's no pitching either this year. There's literally no hitting and no pitching. Somehow, they brought baseball back with no baseball. (laughs) Oh, it feels good to be back, though,
5: huh? (laughs) Going back to the 40s, you know, no home runs, no strikeouts. You just... You know, terrible baseball all around. Uh the Cubs, will, the Cubs will like one hit their you know, single their way to twenty-one runs in a game. That'll be that'll be really exciting for everybody. That's how we are. I mean, to your point, from twenty nineteen, which was the last year that we had the the full year of the stacked baseballs that we know of, uh six hundred and sixty-two home runs from April seventh to April twenty fifth in twenty nineteen. Six hundred and sixty-two. 2021, 552. So, down 110 from 2019 to 2021. This year, 429. (laughs) 429 home runs over... The opening period of baseball and so they far.
3: Were, hey. and they were
5: all hit by CJ Krohn. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, uh, you know what? Honestly, I didn't even, I wasn't even following like the, uh, the general real baseball talk about how the uh, offense was down. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention to that. Like I, I don't, I don't read the Athletic um, uh, on on the daily. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll cop to not really following real baseball at times. You know, I you know I, I like the playoffs. I watch the World Series. I I watch real baseball, but I'm more interested in fantasy. You know, in general. So I so sometimes I miss like real baseball trends. But but I was doing the roundup and like. About a week into doing the daily roundups for all the fantasy, you know, because usually I highlight the guys who hit home runs. And I'm like, I'm like four days in. I'm like, there's no one to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the hitters? Like, I mean, OK. Uh, so there was a C- J (laughs) crone who else (laughs) give me another guy has has anyone else hit a home run oh man i don't you know what it's like it's so weird because there was no there was no spring training so you know so you would think the hitters would come out on fire but there you know there's no hitting but there's no pitching because there's no spring training <laughs> it really is a bizarre opening to the season. I mean, it, it is. It is kind of like, oh, I get. I guess this is spring training for the pitchers, and they have the, and the balls deadened, so there's no hitting. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how about Eric Lauer, huh? <laughs>
5: <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned C.J. Crone. Obviously, he's doing his his thing. He he and Ozzy Albies are tied for the league lead in home runs. Is this the year we kind of get a a full like thirty plus home runs from CJ Crone? I mean, he's put up thirty, which was the most he's ever done in Colorado with this hot start. Is is he finally going to break that thirty home run number this year, Gray? Or should uh, we potentially sell him because there's no way he keeps up this pace?
3: Yeah, no, I was uh, you know I was I do uh, a weekly I do a weekly TV show with Craig Mish the. Uh, uh, the beat reporter for the Marlin slash, um, sports, uh, sports grid guy, um, guy, um, good, good, good guy. Uh, anyway, I do a, a show weekly on, on Friday with him and we were talking about CJ Crone on Friday and whether he was a buy a sell or a hold. And I, um, you know, I, I kind of, well, I well first of all, I was saying to him, which is uh, a uh, a thing that I might have even mentioned on the uh, on this podcast previously, that in Vegas in March, when I was there for the main event with uh, Donkey and Rudy, I had bet on C.J. Crone to lead the major leagues in home runs. So. I'm not counting my money yet, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but you know I feel better about that bet than I do about the Kyle Tucker MVP bet or, or the Dom Smith home run lead bet. So uh, yeah, I made I made actually I did like about a uh, hundred different bets, all prop bets. For <laughs> uh, put a prop know, bet. In. like there are like two dollar bets and you win like uh, two hundred dollars. Anyway, uh, long story short, for buy sell hold on C.J. Crone. I would either hold them or I would potentially buy them because, like, I don't think, like, selling a guy like C.J. Krohn, I think most people will be like, well, I mean, I'm not – this isn't a breakout. Like, I don't think you're really going to get real value for him. I don't see, like, anyone being like, yeah, C.J. Krohn is now as valuable as Freddie Freeman or even more realistically as valuable as Pete Alonso but he could be i i don't you know i don't I, at least the alonzo one or even jose abreu you know jose abreu was going about 50 picks before uh, cj crone in drafts i would say they're probably about equal now and pete alonzo or cj crone i don't think it's as clear cut i would still go pete alonzo because of the track record and you know cj crone really might just be a hot hitter in april you know but his you know, his numbers don't – screw like, he's not really – like, in Coors, at least, he's not a, a bad batting average guy. Like, he, people might be surprised to know that C.J. Krohn, for his career, is a 260 hitter. And in Coors, he's probably a two eighty hitter, and he's hitting two eighty-three as of the recording of this. So he's not really – like, he's not that far off when it comes to that, and his power should be there. If he stays healthy, I don't see why he can't hit – you know, uh, 30, 30 to 33 homers, which at this rate could lead the major leagues. Thank you very much. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's going to be crazy. I wonder what number does eventually lead th- this year. I would say I-, I think you're probably right in regards to, you know, the value that you're getting back for C.J. Crone probably isn't enough. He's not a young prospect. We've seen him, you know, up in the majors. So you're not going to get, like, breakout type of return for him. I guess looking at Rudy's rest of season projections, he's actually fairly high. It's a little higher than I expected. He's 36 right now. Would you take him or, you know, Nolan Arenado, who's at 39? You know,
3: I, I'm not really a Nolan Arenado fan this year. Uh, I thought, like, last year was the, the beginning of the end. Maybe he does bounce back. You know, like, um, you know, Goldschmidt, uh, had a couple decent years there in St. Louis. Who he's actually been struggling so far this year. But um, yeah, Arenado or Krohn, I think because of the track record, I would go Arenado. But Krohn could easily pass Arenado for value.
5: Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. Um, and I think you could possibly move. Pro, or Arenado for crone. It is like you're filling a corner infield and get something on top. So I think that's the type of move that I would make. If you're looking to move him is take somebody who has a perceived higher value. That's likely to give you very similar numbers like a Arenado, maybe a Jose Abreu type, those types of guys. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Let's move on to some, some guys that did not get off to a hot start among many other hitters. You know, we talked about offense being down. So these are just some of the guys that are contributing to that. Kyle Tucker is, you know, I mean, he's hitting one twenty-seven, two 236 <laughs> He has two home runs, one stolen base, four runs, and four RBIs. I mean, the underlying numbers are down a little, but they're really not off of like what he's done in his career. Are you buying on Tucker, or are you, are you starting to get a little worried?
3: No, I'm absolutely buying for sure. I. You know, I, uh, if I could get, if I could buy low on Kyle Tucker, I would do it in a second. I, um, I, I do, I am concerned though. Like anytime you have an early season slump, I'll just put it out there. You have an early season slump that sometimes it can snowball and become a full season slump. Like it it could happen. I, I don't think it necessarily will. I think Kyle Tucker will be fine. I'm. I'm actually I would be buying Kyle Tucker everywhere if I could. Uh, I think he's probably he's due any second to, like, break out, have it like a, you know, a two homer game and go off for like a month straight. Uh, So I I'm a big time believer still. uh, But I, you know, I, I do worry because, you know, a slump a you know month long slump turns into a season long slump when and then Dusty Baker before you know it has benched Kyle Tucker for yeah. you know <laughs> for uh, a ra- for like a random uh you know guy uh who you're like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> why is guy Ky- <laughs> why is Kyle Tucker now a uh, what should we call it? Why is he now a um a platoon player? <laughs> I didn't I wasn't expecting Chaz McCormick to get more of and Kyle Ducker. Uh Hold on a second. Yeah. So I. I mean, honestly, I think I. I am. I am absolutely buying. Um, I. You know, if you were to say to me, like, at what level uh, am I buying? I'm probably still buying at like top thirty overall. Like, I'm. I'm still. I'm still buying almost at like even money. Just about. Like, I don't. I don't think. Um, you know, like. If you were to, like, I'm not really, like, to be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of buying uh, low with a guy who is doing well, you know? Like, if someone, like, if you were to say to me, like, oh, um, you know, uh, because who was in the preseason, like, um, like Kyle Tucker and Jose Ramirez. Well, Jose Ramirez was going a little bit higher. But we'll just say, like, you know, like, something like that, I wouldn't be selling, like, I wouldn't be selling high – on a guy who's doing well to buy low on Kyle Tucker. Uh, not necessarily. Like, if there's a uh, but if there's a situation with, like, you know, if someone was like Jordan Alvarez, who is also struggling a bit, I think he's hitting, like, 150. Like, if it's Jordan Alvarez or Kyle Tucker, in the preseason, Kyle Tucker was above him. And for me, he's still above him. So if it was something like that, for sure. I don't know why anyone would do that trade. Or if you're, like, uh, selling high, I guess, like a – Francisco Lindor, selling him high for Kyle Tucker, absolutely. I would totally do something like that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, or Byron Buxton. You know, if if you're if you're able to sell high on a guy who is who is uh, drafted way after Kyle Tucker, I'm absolutely doing something like that. But if you were to say like uh, you know Wander Franco, who's doing well. Uh, and was being drafted not too far off of Kyle Tucker, at least in my mind, I'd be like, no, Wander Franco's doing well. Why would I Why would I sell someone who's doing well to buy someone who's not doing well? So, yeah, I mean, it depends on the situation, but yeah, I'm buying low in general on Kyle Tucker for sure.
5: Yeah, so I think you're probably in the same area I am on Kyle Tucker, around top 30, top 25 value still, but you're right, you don't want to pay full draft costs because he is, he is off to a slow start, so you should you know, get some kind of discount for that in, in a redraft format because you're still going to have to wait for him to come around. You still have to wait for that turn to happen, even if you believe it, it is going to happen. Um, I, I think the names you mentioned were, were good enough that we can go ahead and move on to another guy drafted. I think right around Kyle Tucker is Mookie Betts. He's hitting 196, 328, 339, two home runs, two stolen bases, 14 runs, five RBI. At least he's getting on base. But the underlying numbers are not encouraging on Mookie. He has a 2.5 barrel rate, a hard hit of 30%, a 21.6 launch angle. That's up from 18.9 last year. He's generally been from about 12.5 to 19 when he was going well. So up up 2.5 degrees from pretty much his height, his highest launch angle here. I don't know that I had a lot of Mookie bet shares. I was kind of concerned. I don't think you necessarily... Ended up with a lot either, um, but we don't really expect him to hit 196, do we?
3: Mm, no, maybe 240. <laughs> I uh, I was out on Mookie Bats. I was 100% out. It's actually it's impressive that they're able to have a. Uh, uh, any Statcast data from him because of how few balls he's actually hit this year. <laughs> it's, it's like, how do you have, it's like uh, the tree falls in the woods and no one's there. Does it, uh, do you hear anything? Uh, you know, cause like Mookie Betts has got a launch angle, but has he actually launched anything? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Good question. I, uh, you know, I think uh, honestly, I was out on him in the preseason because his hip, he even said his hip was bothering him. And, like you know i i'm surprised he's stolen two bags already uh you know he might he's he's on, he's on pace for more steals kinda <laughs> i mean i guess not many more but he's on pace for a few more steals uh yeah i'm really concerned i mean his babbitt's been down for the last 2 years like his babbitt in 2020 was uh, 289 last year it was 276 this year it's it's even down from there, but you know, even if it gets to 276, he's like a 260 hitter. 260 hitter with 20 homer power and 12 to 15 steel speed. I mean, it's okay. He was being overdrafted. I was, you know, I was really I was pretty out on him in the preseason. I I probably should have been more you know emphatic about how out I was on Mookie Betts but yeah I wasn't drafting him I didn't draft him I I wouldn't buy him low either I would I would be wary of him because you know if his hip is really bothering him like he said that messes up his swing messes up his running game it could mess it could just like totally like uh bottom out his value so I don't know I mean I would I would guess this year is probably the last time we see Mookie Betts in the top twenty. I, I would, I would, I would guess next year he's going to fall to like around, you know, maybe around where like Alexander Bogarts goes in drafts. Like, I, I just don't think Mookie Betts is a a top twenty guy anymore.
5: Yeah, and I think that's a little disrespectful for Xander, uh, just considering <laughs> you know he hasn't had any drop off yet. Fair. But, but, but I think you're right. I think Mookie's probably a two sixty hitter. I think he the stolen bases are. Are nice to see. That was probably my biggest concern. Was he's just done stealing? I never really expected him to be a thirty home run hitter again. So, I mean, I think as far as you and I are concerned, he's pretty much doing what we expected. Minus the average being sub two hundred is not something we expect from him. But definitely not going to be. uh, We don't think he's going to be a three hundred hitter like he was. We told you that in preseason. So. Um, I, I think we're in agreement on where we're at on bets. I do think if you are specifically looking for runs and, I mean, he's stealing right now. So, I mean, I think for, for now he's good for stolen bases. But I, even that, if the hip starts acting up, like they're going to they're gonna tell him to stop running, the, you know. So, uh, I think runs is really, you know, the one category i could count on him to produce in. Yeah, agreed.
0: When it comes to work, communication is key Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand
1: here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me? Or maybe step two is flagging
2: down a trainer to help and-
1: No way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership.
2: I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So
1: FitBod does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me. That's right.
2: FitBod actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBod costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. That's fitbod.me slash getfit.
5: Boba shit. Uh, This is somebody who you absolutely loved in the preseason, has not gotten off to a great start. Uh, 217, 239, 290, one home run, one stolen base, seven runs, Four RBI so far. K rates up to twenty-eight percent. He was never really much of a walker, but even that's sub-three percent right now. Numbers aren't great, but they're they're not quite as bad as we were looking at Mookie. Six uh, percent barrel. Hard hit rate is is pretty much in line. Launch angle two point two is not great to see. BABIP really isn't sticky this early. But whereas we could give a little bit of a BABIP case for Betts and Tucker. There's I mean, Bichette's hitting two ninety-two BABIP. Again, it's really early to to include Babbitt into any discussion, but it's not so much that he's getting lucky; it's just he's not hitting the squaring the ball up right now.
3: Right? Yeah, I think when when you said like his hard hit percentage isn't too far off from his career norms, like I honestly I think this is a. a two and a half week uh cold stretch for him. I, I would be buying low on on Bo if anyone is panicking out there. I think uh I think there's a chance here that Bo Bichette, he could have like he could still have an MVP type year with this uh bad two week stretch. I mean this is I, I don't think any I don't I'm not really thinking much of this. I think there's a uh you know Everyone is kind of struggling with the dead ball. Uh, so, I mean, maybe Bo Bichette's power isn't really all the way like we thought it would be, uh, or at least I thought. Like, I I considered him a 30 a 30 um, guy uh, coming into the year. So maybe his power doesn't reach 30 homers. Maybe it's closer to like, you know, 22 to 25 homers. But I still, you know, the speed isn't. The speed isn't, hasn't gone anywhere. I think his average is going to bounce back in a big way, and he's on top of a great lineup. I, I, I'm i not really that concerned with Bo Bouchette.
5: Yeah, I think the only thing that I'm maybe looking at here is the launch angle's a little low. Um, it's a little too early to even sight barrels. I mean, most of these guys have less than five uh, barrels. I mean, so it, it's really kind of a, I'm just giving you these numbers just to show you that they're not really hitting the ball well right now. I'm with you that I think Bichette's fine. I think you were a little higher on him than I was. I had him more in like the Kyle Tucker range in the first round rather than sitting in the top. Um, but I definitely didn't have any problems with Bichette. I think he's still going to be fine. Um, I, I think maybe the one place I disagree is that he has top-end speed. He has good speed. Um, he's not. He doesn't have like Trey Turner, lead the league, and sprint speed speed. Right. Yeah, that's fair. All right, moving on to Marcus Simeon, who we all, I, I think generally the fantasy baseball community said he's not going to do what he did last year. His his draft stock plummeted, but, uh, I mean, at some point it had started to become a buy because he was plummeting, but maybe not after his start so far to this season. 183, 250, 250, so his OVP and slug in line. That's not great to see. Uh, zero home runs, two stolen bases, seven runs, five RBIs, exit down, barrel rates down from last year. It's kind of more in line with some of those down power seasons that he's had. Cause he's kind of been up and down in regards to power. He's been like a 15 home run guy. And then last year, a 40 home run guy. This more looks more like the 20 home run guy.
3: Yeah. This looks, this looks like the polar opposite of Bo Bichette. Uh, as far as like launch angle is just, is it, I mean, he, Marcus Simeon's essentially hitting everything in the air <laughs> and, yeah. and, and he's like, He's hitting it in the air and then he's he's looking out to the uh the outfield in Arlington and like, wait, that's a that's an out? <laughs> hold, on, hold on a second. That one used to be a home run last year when I was in the minor league parks. Uh yeah, this is uh this is not great. I, I you know, I I as you said, I wasn't really I wasn't in on Marcus Simeon. Um I think a lot of I think a lot of people are out on him. I think probably you know, if I could uh, critique myself, I would probably say I was probably I probably ranked him too high considering how out I was on Marcus Simeon. I probably should have ranked him even lower. Um, I think uh, I think his launch angle and his fly ball rate and everything like this is all kind of small sample ish. But there is something too. like he's hitting the ball in the air. And it's just like a bunch of outs he's making. It's not great, man. It's not. It's not no. good. I'll be honest. It's not good. Uh, if I were, yeah. If I could actually, if I could sell him, like if I if I got him at drafts and and you know, and I was regretting it, and someone in my league would give me draft price, I would absolutely take it. I would, you know, I would I would be selling. Uh, not necessarily low because you know selling low sucks i i would hate to sell low especially this early because then you're then you're just gonna look then you're just com- uh, compounding your errors really you're just making yourself look like a fool two times over you don't want to do that <laughs> you want to avoid making yourself look like a fool once let alone twice but uh if you're if you're like a drafter marcus Simeon, and you're regretting it a little bit and you can get like I don't know, a Yordarn Alvarez, maybe? Like, I, I keep mentioning him. Uh, but, you know, if you can get, like, around his draft value, uh, yeah, I would I would probably do it. I would probably even, honestly, if I can get, like, I don't know. I mean, Seiya Suzuki looks so good. <laughs> I mean, he was drafted way after Simeon. But if someone thinks they're selling high, you know, because I, I think a lot of people – Selling high is, like, it's so tricky. A lot of people are, like, you know, they, they, they don't want to sell high for any, anything close to uh, value. Um, I think, you know, if I were selling Marcus Simeon and I could get, like, I don't know, Pete Alonzo, someone who went in drafts, like, near him, I'd probably do it, to be honest, because I didn't really love Simeon to begin with. So, yeah, I don't know. What are you thinking, would dumb? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I mean I think obviously I think the names that you mentioned I would I would absolutely make those deals for. I don't know if those are realistic yeah. names to to even attempt to try and trade for Simeon, honestly. Yeah, maybe not. Um I think if you threw those names out, the, the owners of those players might might kinda laugh at you a little bit. <laughs> um Wait, am I a clown? Yeah, I mean I, I think somebody I think we gotta like I mean he went in the last say month of draft season he was going top forty. I think you almost have to double that to get to kind of an area where you can you could potentially trade a guy and make that move. Like um Brian Reynolds has gotten off to a really bad start. He's or not a not an amazing start. Uh no, it's just bad. Uh he's he went ninety second. Like Simeon for Brian Reynolds, I could see you making that deal, but at that point like I don't know that they're that much different, um, and then you start to fill second base, which was yeah, I think I would, Simeon's I would totally, like yeah, I major would totally thing. That's
3: the, cool. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're taking Brian Reynolds, I would do that for sure. I I think uh, I would actually just hold Marcus Simeon if someone offered me Brian Reynolds.
5: That's <laughs> what I. But I think like that's the kind of deal you could get done though. Right now, I think yeah, anybody right. who's off to a good start or anybody who went in his draft range. Like, I, I think yeah, they're no, all. No, I much. agree.
3: No, I totally agree. Because people who go, like, people who start hot, like, their, their owners are basically convinced that they're going to always be this good. Like, people, right. like, you can't even talk right now to someone who owns. Owen Miller, because they think, oh my God, I, I locked into Owen Miller. No, you didn't, bro. Come on. <laughs> Stop with the nonsense. It's Owen Miller. <laughs> I mean, you know, like everyone just loves all their their hot starters and they're just like nowhere they're nowhere interested at all in the cold starters. So I don't know. But Marcus
5: Simeon I didn't like to begin with, so
3: yeah, not great.
5: <laughs> not great. All I mean. right. So if you could truly buy low on Marcus Simeon, it's worth Entering that discussion, but uh, I I don't think either of us are really wanting to pay you know top dollar or even give up anybody in that range that he went ADP wise. Another guy who has struggled in his new home is Carlos Correa. He's hitting one ninety two, two eighty eight, two eighty eight, one home run, thirty point five percent K rate, launch angle down barrel rate 2.9 i believe he has one barrel hard hit rate of 58.8 so he's kind of yellow a little bit to some extent he's he's just he's driving everything into the ground right now the opposite of Simeon. kind of uh, i mean just not, not not great contact right now from carlos correa yeah
3: no but you know on the other hand a 288 slugging percentage right now uh, is like a uh middle of the league so and you know things (laughs) it's about average it's about mlb average right now uh yeah carlos correa i didn't like carlos correa coming into the year i don't know if i've ever liked carlos correa (laughs) to be honest uh not personally i don't really care Uh, personally i don't really care either way but as a fantasy uh guy like he has no speed at all so and he never really had power either. I never really understood the attraction to Carlos Correa, to be honest. Because, like, last year was his highest power year at 26 homers. And he stole zero bases, and he hit 279. It's like, 26 homers and .279. It's talking about a guy before, like, C.J. Krohn beats those numbers easily. <laughs> it's like, but no one thinks of cj crone being better than carlos correa yeah I, I, people just have a perception of carlos correa that i don't i don't agree with so i wouldn't be i wouldn't be buying them i didn't draft him. i wouldn't have drafted him. i yeah I'm, i've been out on carlos correa for years
5: yeah i didn't really understand the correa draft price either this year new park worst park for him i just i, I didn't really get it that being said, I didn't expect him to be this bad either. So, I, I mean, he's going to turn it around. I expect him to be, at the end of the day, like a 20-home run hitter hitting in the middle of the Twins lineup, which is which is fine. Um, but, like you said, it was, it was an overdrafted skill set, I think. For rest of season, I mean, would you rather have him or... I'm trying to think of some other shortstops that probably went after him. Um Willie Adamas, who also got out, is off to a slow start here. Uh,
3: you know, I I kind of I think I I liked Willie Adamas better in the preseason, and I I still kind of like him better. I don't, yeah, I don't really like Carlos Correa. I guess <laughs> Correa, you know, he has um, probably a little bit better situation for counting stats. So him or Adamas, eh, I mean, it's probably a push to be honest, but. I don't know. I think you could, Correa probably can get more value in a trade or something. I don't like him. I'm not,
5: I don't like Carlos Correa beat on, okay? All right, all right, all right. We'll move on then. Okay, okay. Uh, let's go on to Trevor Story, who I, I think we both also were off of until he maybe got traded to Boston and we kind of got back on a little bit. Um, 234, 294, 298, zero home runs, one stolen base, four runs, four RBIs. 27.5K rate, highest of his career, 24-degree uh, launch angle, highest of his career, 3% barrel rate, 27% hard hit rate. These are not good numbers <laughs> from Trevor's story. Oh, my God. The numbers
3: you're reading off are these guys. It's like, man. Is that
5: bad? It's <laughs> so bad. You don't have to know anything about baseball, and you know these are bad numbers.
3: Oh, my God. Like, so bad. Like, holy cow. Some of these, like, under 300 slugging for these guys. Like, ah, uh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Trevor's Story, you know, I uh, <laughs> I could probably just look this up. Uh, I think he starts off uh, slow. Um I believe he does. Yeah, let's see. So last year in April, he had two homers and two sixty-six, and that was his worst worst power month. Uh, in twenty nineteen, it was also a uh, it, it was much better in twenty nineteen, but uh, he was also you know two, two, three years younger. Uh, however, however ages work,
5: <laughs> you you know what I'm saying. For his career, I mean, he's a two forty-one yeah. hitter in March and April.
3: Yeah, he's not, like, he's not great in March and April, so, you know, and I, I think Fenway is going to really help him, like, definitely in the summer, I think there's going to be a lot, like, he could, I could see, like, a him hitting 350 plus over, like, the course of, like, a month or two, like, it, it, Fenway's going to be really good to him, so if you could buy on Trevor Story low, I probably would do it, I, I don't see anything really... Uh, you know, jumping out other than like, you know, his launch angle is goofy, but again, it's, it's kind of a small sample thing. I, I don't know if, if he's hitting at a, a 25 launch angle all year, it's going to be that, you know, that's going to be a mistake, but I, I think he's probably going to come down a little bit and probably hit, you know, hit the ball more in line. That's uh yeah, I think, I think uh, Trevor story is probably a buy low.
5: Yeah. I think I'm with you on this one. Again, it depends on what you have to, pay because some people really really like Trevor story in the preseason and I was I was not one of them um so if, if you're dealing with somebody who, who overreached his adp and grabbed him maybe you can't make the deal but I do think there's there's maybe a buying opportunity here on story with the slow start I, I do think the launch angle may be him just trying to lift the ball over the green monster rather than accepting his his doubles into the into them so I think once he kind of makes that adjustment Everything will kind of line up for him. Uh hopefully the K rate will come down along with that since should even out the barrel a little bit. Bobby Wood Jr., I mean he's a he's a rookie, so we know that there was gonna be we, or there could have always been a little bit of growing pains. I didn't really expect it, but here we are. 185, 214, 278, no home runs, two stolen bases, four runs, four RBIs, thirty-six 37% hard hit rate, 88 mile an hour average exit velocity no barrels yet and 38 batted balls i mean that's really not that big Because everybody we talked about has maxed two barrels so far so i mean it, but what are you thinking with bobby witt jr are you a little worried about him are you worried that he may get sent down potentially what are you doing with bobby witt jr yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I assumed
3: it was junior. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you know, uh, honestly, so I was talking to uh Jeff, a uh, former uh, Rasball podcast host, uh co-host. I don't I don't even know what I am. <laughs> I don't know what I do on this show to be honest. Uh so anyway, I was talking to uh Jeff and um he's now with Baseball America. Anyway, he knows prospects and uh, I was saying about, you know, Bobby Witt Jr, I I like him. And I've drafted him in a few places, and he was like – and he kind of gave me a little bit of a, a kind of horror uh, where he was saying that there was a, a issue with his contact that he thought was going to get, you know, exploited in the major leagues. So he was like, you know, I, you might want to, like, you know, chill a little bit on the Bobby Witt Jr. Um, uh, drafting. Uh, so I don't know. I mean – so that kind of worried me and that's kind of stuck in my head a little bit. And you know, so far it does look right. You know, uh who knows, man. You know, it's hard to know when a guy will will figure it out. I think Bobby Wood Jr. is super talented, but I think Jared Klenick is super talented and we're going on almost like a year and a half now and he's still struggling. So, it's hard to say. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. looks like he could be the real deal like uh, top 15 overall type player like 30 30 260 for, like absolutely like the truth ruth you know what i'm saying like bobby wood junior looks great but on the other hand he could hit 180 this year <laughs> i mean it could happen i don't you know it's hard to say when uh, you know when prospects really start clicking i i would I would probably be selling, unfortunately. You know, I I don't 100% trust him as much as I did, like, when I was drafting him. I I, I trust him less now. Um, you know, he could... I don't know if he gets sent down. I, I don't know if they go that far because that, that sort of really stunts a prospect's growth. Uh, so I, I think he probably stays with the team, but, yeah, I'm not... I'm not as excited on Bobby Witt Jr., but with that said, at any moment, he could click and be the guy we thought he was going to be. Right now, he does not look like that guy.
5: Yeah, I mean, I will fully admit Jeff knows more about prospects than me by a vast margin, uh, so you take that for what it's worth, but I am holding on to Bobby Witt Jr. I'm willing to buy. I, I think, uh, I think it. like you said, it's going to click. He's going to figure it out and then the numbers will come. Um, so there we are on that. Let's talk about a few pitchers that are struggling here. Garrett Cole, he had a nice outing Sunday that kind of calmed everybody down a little bit. So maybe the buying window is closed to some extent. But a 4 ERA, 117 whip, 18 innings, 8 earned runs, 21 Ks. Uh, he's had an 11% walk rate over the time. The velocity is fine, whiff rate still in line, movement still in line. I mean, are you really worried about Garrett Cole?
3: No, I I was kind of surprised he was on the uh the podcast outline. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm not I'm not worried about Garrett Cole okay. at all. I actually I don't buy top starters and if someone were selling Garrett Cole low, I would even buy Garrett Cole at low. I I don't think there's any issues here. I think um you know, maybe he's a a, a 3.4 ERA guy with, you know, uh 230 Ks, but he probably wasn't that far off from that. Like last year, he was sort of in that range. And, and this year, if he's in that range again, it wouldn't shock me. So if you're expecting like a 275 ERA, I think you're probably overestimating. But yeah, I, I would buy Garrett Cole if, if I could get him at a, at a reasonable price. I wouldn't pay full draft price, though, because I just don't pay full draft price for aces, but yeah, i d I don't think anything's wrong with them.
5: Yeah, I mean I saw a lot of polls out there saying is Garrett Cole a top five uh starting pitcher for you and they were heavily leaning no before that Sunday outing. So uh, people are so that's like why it's everyone
3: is so fickle when it comes oh, to like I understand. And, and you know what's so crazy too, <laughs> because like these people who play people who play fantasy baseball love baseball. I'm assuming <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I'm assuming incorrectly, but I'm assuming they do. So you would think they would know how long the season is and how little each start matters that it's like it's hard to even, you know, it's hard to even come to a uh, like even after a month of starts, it would be hard to really come to a full understanding of how much a pitcher is really how good they are. So to go from like the preseason where Garrett Cole was going one overall to now, like, three starts in and everyone's like, oh, he's not even top five. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? It doesn't make any
5: sense, dude. I mean, it really doesn't. I'm not saying you're saying it, I know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in general. It, anyways, it is uh, crazy, the, the way that people react. Uh, let's move on to the next pitcher, Zach Wheeler. This is one that I, I was kind of down on the, in the uh, preseason. I, I might have one share of, just because just I wanted to, to see if it happened. Um, but velocity's down from 97 to 95 and a half. Now there's only 4 miles of separation between his fastball and slider. Other than velocity though, every nothing really looks out of place. Um he's just not getting people to swing on the slider as much and then he's not getting on whiffs because they're they're not swinging on the ones that are going out of the zone. Yeah, no, I'm I'm concerned about
3: Wheeler. I was concerned in the preseason though because like, you know, he had uh he had he had injury issues. So immediately that was like, you know, I was out I, I've been out though. I've been out on Zach Wheeler since like the moment I dropped my, my rankings in January, I was never drafting Zach Wheeler. I definitely wasn't drafting him after the injury concerns. So yeah, I, you know, coming from a person who was not drafting Zach Wheeler, I would be selling him if I did draft them. Um, I don't know what you can get for him right now. I don't think you can get anywhere near draft value. So I don't know. It might be a hold versus a sell if you can't get anything decent. But yeah, I'd be concerned
5: if I had Zach Wheeler. It, it does not. Things don't look good for him. No, no, they don't. And I, I'm with you. I think uh, I think selling on Wheeler sooner rather than later is is kind of the move here. Would you trade him for um, Michael Kopech, who's gotten off to a nice start? Yeah, I well, you know his I- innings will probably be limited. Yeah, I would do it. Well, I mean, I guess in shallower leagues it's
3: better because, you know, innings don't matter as much in a shallow league. You can just pick up someone once Kopech gets shut down. But, yeah, I would pro- I would take Kopech. All right.
5: How about um, how about San- Sandy Alcantara? I know you weren't a huge fan of his because of the yeah, strikeouts. Yeah,
3: no, I wasn't. I wasn't really a fan of Sandy Alcantara, but I, I would draft. I mean, excuse me, I would trade for Sandy over uh, Wheeler. Yeah, I would.
5: Yeah, I think that's one where it depends if you if your team needs more strikeouts or the ERA whip. I expect obviously, you know, that Wheeler gets more strikeouts, but I, I also expect Sandy's ERA whip to be you know a lot cleaner.
3: Looking. At this point, I would say to give you another guy who is struggling, I would probably put Zach Wheeler in like the Trevor Rogers area where it's like I don't know really what to make of them. I don't I don't you know it's like I I'm not buying them. Trevor Rogers, I had issues because of last year he pitched so many innings. So this year that he's struggling doesn't really surprise me. And Zach Wheeler struggling doesn't surprise me either because he had the injury concern coming into the season. So they're both kind of guys where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Like if you're saying, like, if you say to me, like, Oh, i give you Kopech. I'll take it for sure. If you say like, um, Sean Manaya, yes, a hundred percent. Frankie Montez. uh Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, any, any guys who are like healthy and pitching well, I'm taking
5: over like a guy who's potentially injured and not pitching well. Yeah, potentially injured, velocity down, not a good mix. Charlie Morton, uh, not really an injury thing, just more of an age bias, though I didn't end up with him in any of my teams. Uh, 632 ERA, 153 whip, 19% K rate, 9.7% walk rate, velocities down just slightly, not really a big difference. Um, but he's fastball curve at this point and the curves lost a little bit of break, both horizontally and vertically, which has led to his worst whiff rate so far in his curveball since 2016. Again, very small sample, but that's his pitch. And if it's not working like it should, uh, that is, that is reason for concern for me.
3: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree.
5: Yep. I, I would not, I wouldn't
3: be, uh, See, unlike with hitters, where I could see buying low on hitters, I'm not really a huge buying low guy for pitchers because, like, there's usually underlying reasons why a guy's not doing well. And Charlie Morton, it just doesn't look like it, things don't look right. You know, like his velocity seems fine, but like you yeah. said, the break on um, the curve, the curve's not working. There's an, there's going to be an issue. I mean, and and you see it in his numbers, like the, the K's and the walks are, you know, it's a mess. (laughs) It's a, his ERA, everything, XFIP, whatever you want to use, it's a mess right now for uh, Charlie Morton. I, I would probably be, uh, I would be selling honestly, which is, you know, kind of sucks. But, you know, in, in his defense, it's early. He can get the feel back for his curve and still have a good, you know, a good season it's just right now it looks like it looks like a mess, and I don't really want i don't want to mess with it to be honest so uh
5: I would probably be selling,
3: but I could see a
5: turnaround yeah i I mean I could see it. It, it the curve is a field pitch it's one of the the curve and the change are probably the last two pitches to really for pitchers to find as they as they go through the season, so I could see it, but i'm I was already out on Charlie Morton, I didn't really like um I just don't like betting on guys at his age so uh that's that's just another reason for me stay out at, at thirty eight years old counting on him to do what he did last year seemed like a little bit of a stretch um Tyler Maley, uh six eight eight or a one seven one whip, eleven percent walk rate twenty four percent k rate uh his v his low velo from the last few months last year is carrying over to this year i was hoping that was just kind of a workload thing but haven't seen the velocity come back up. Slider cutter. He's always kind of mixed with those two. Like he never doesn't throw one or two. He he kind of mixes both of them up. But it it really isn't showing the same kind of of movement numbers that he's had in the past.
3: Yeah, I, you know Tyler Mall is probably the the first guy we're talking about that I actually I have on multiple team. So this is this hurts. Yeah. <laughs> this is. This is, I, I, I'm i putting myself in the shoes of the uh, the people who are listening who had, you know, Charlie Morton and Zach Wheeler and Gary Cole uh, shares. And now, now I feel their pain. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Tyler Moll. I was really like coming in. I, I still do a little bit. It looks like from what I gather, and it's a small sample, but it looks like his pitch mix has completely changed from, previous years. So it, so to me, that says he doesn't, he's, he doesn't have a feel for his pitches and he's just out there, you know, trying to find the right pitch mix because right now is like, you know, his slider uh, usage is way down. His split is way up. His fastball is down. Every, it's all not velocity wise. Well, a little bit of velocity, but mostly usage. Like his usage on his pitches are all over the place. So I think if I you know, if I had to guess what's going on is he doesn't have a feel for what to throw when, or he just doesn't have a feel for his pitches because it's early and it's maybe, you know, maybe it was cold when he was
5: pitching. I'm making excuses for him because I have fun teams.
3: That's what I'm saying.
5: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the split finger was a really great pitch for him last year, but he didn't use it nearly as much as he has this year. I mean, he used it like 15% last year. He's using it 25% this year. So uh, that combined with the, I think, again, I think the slider cutter he plays with so often, I, I wonder if he's kind of found a, like a middle ground that's bad between the pitches and he needs to kind of just separate them again or really lean on one or the other. I think I might still buy low if you can. He may he may even hit some free agent wires in really shallow leagues just because he's not performing. So I would pick him up and see if he can kind of figure out the pitch mix, figure out the velocity piece of it because of the short spring. Um, but I'm not running him out there until I see it. So it, it just depends on how much depth you have. Um, yeah,
3: and also I think um, him and Hunter Green – I don't know. Actually, I don't know if Tyler Mall, but the, the Reds are going – to Coors this week. So I think he might be a bench uh, automatically anyway. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I, I like Tyler Mall still. I would bench him. Uh, even if he's not in Coors, I'd probably bench him this week anyway. But, yeah, I I, I would buy low if the price was decent.
5: Yeah, okay. Uh, let's talk about Christian uh, Javier, who's clean through three appearances from the pin, eight in the third innings pitch, 12 Ks, one walk. He's, he's getting to get a shot in the rotation. I don't know if it's going to last. It's still kind of up in the air, whether they're going to do a six man, whether Odorizzi's getting kicked because he's been just gross. Um, but Christian Javier, are you picking him up in just about every format?
3: Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I think Christian Javier could be like uh, a second. He could be like Dylan Cease last year. I mean, he could be like a number two to – a number two to number three with great K's and Christian Javier should be like your number one pickup this week. I think mm-hmm. Christian Javier or like Michael Kopech, who you mentioned earlier is like a toss up in my mind. If Javier stays in the rotation, like he can be Javier can be that good. Like you, you need to go out and get him in every league. I I've been, you know, I think people right now, cause in the comments, uh, today we're recording this on Monday In the comments, the, uh, you know, it's like Tanner Hulk or Christian Javier, um, Ranger Suarez or Christian Javier. Like, those are the kind of questions I'm getting. And it's a lot of Christian Javier as the answer because, like, you know, I think he could re- – like, Christian Javier, I, I honestly think he could be, like, the – the uh, like, how – if people missed on Kyle Wright, I think Christian Javier could be the answer to that. So, yeah, I'm go- I'm grabbing him everywhere.
5: Yeah. Oh, you mentioned Tanner Hawk. I, I would still take, take Tanner. Uh, Ranger Suarez. I would make that swap though. So yeah, just to, to give a little bit comparison there. Speaking of Tanner, you know, he went to the pan. Also I just,
3: to, uh I, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but Christian Javier is number six on the Astros rotation but Jake Odorizzi's in front of him, and Odorizzi looks like garbage. Yeah. So, yeah, Javier could easily be the number five guy going forward for the rest of the year.
5: So, go ahead. What are you saying on Tanner Hulk? I was just letting people know he went to the pin for an inning and two-thirds on Saturday or on Sunday. That is just because they're going to Toronto this week, and he is unvaccinated. Uh, so, just wanted to let everyone know and not freak out about that. And also, if you have players going to Toronto and they are unvaccinated, they may be used in this manner where they're used you know in a short start or a short relief appearance coming into or if you, have, that
3: if you have player or if you have players going to toronto and they're on VACs, you uh you know yeah, find we'll them in the dark week. find them in the dark alley with a a booster needle <laughs> and, and just administer actually if you dress up as a uh, a nurse everywhere you go then you can just administer the boosters wherever you want that's uh,
5: that's part of the law that's how now. it goes all right um <laughs> Uh, just a few names here. Let's talk about Lucas Sims, Andres Munoz, Danny Jimenez, all you know relief arms that are, if they're not taking the closer job yet, they definitely could be. Uh, anything you want to say about these three?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I think Jimenez, like Danny Jimenez, uh, I forget which league it was in mine, but he went for like $200 in fab out of $1,000, which I, I honestly – I, I wasn't sitting down, but if I had been, I would have fell off my seat. <laughs> that was a little <laughs> – it was a little – it felt a little high, to be honest. Uh, I think Trevino is still the closer there um, once he comes back from the IL. Because uh, he's not injured. He's just – well, I, I guess it depends on how bad his COVID is. But he's – okay. I think he's okay. Right. Uh, Trevino, that is. Um, and uh, Andres uh, Jimenez – um, say I'm saying that a hundred percent correctly, uh, Andre's Jimenez. I think he could be like, he could be the answer in Seattle. I don't know if he will be, but I think there's a good chance. Like second rider looks like garbage. Um, Diego Castillo is fine. Whatever. Um, Paul Seawood is good, but I think they like him in the seventh or eighth. So I think, I think Andre's Jimenez could be the, he could be the, the, uh, like he could be a breakout closer. Um, so I'm definitely adding him everywhere. Like he looks like like his stuff is filthy. He looks like he could be a lights out closer, like um like he looks like he could be like a top five closer, like kind of guy. If he get if he's getting saves, like because he throws like on average a hundred uh I mean his stuff is nasty, bro. Like it's nasty. He's got a, he's only got two pitches, but that's all he needs. He's got a slider and a a fastball and they're both like, you know, wipeout pitches. And then uh Lucas Sims, I think he's probably the closer in Cincinnati.
5: Yeah, I think Lucas Sims is eventually uh the closer once he kind of just gets back up to speed. I know he he missed the start of the season. Uh and just so everybody listening at home you may have been confused because I was confused as to what Gray was saying. Andres Munoz is who he's talking about throwing 100 miles an hour in Seattle. Yeah. Um, Danny Jimenez is the one he's talking about uh, with Lutravino in Oakland. Right. So those yeah. are two separate people. It is not Danny <laughs> Munoz. It is Danny <laughs> Jimenez in Oakland and Andres Munoz you hear, you, know find this,
3: uh, you, know, you might find this surprising to learn but i took spanish for 13 years <laughs> in school
5: <laughs> and that's not a joke i honestly did okay You're anyway, in anyway LA. Along. all right last two here uh just talk about these two real quick and we'll get out of here alec bomb and lynn otto great. uh
3: yeah i mean alec bomb i you know i honestly i'm a little concerned i feel like his uh the perception in people's mind is, is more than he's going to give you. I don't, he doesn't have really power. He doesn't have speed. He's kind of like Stephen Kwan in the infield. Like he, Alec bomb is totally fine. I, I, one may even say he is the bomb, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want people to get like overestimate what he's going to be able to do. I don't think Alec bomb is like anything great. He's like, He's he's good, but he also could have platoons. Like he's not playing necessarily every day. Um, I mean, he might, but you know, it's like even if he is, he's like a I want to say he's like a fifteen homer, five steal. 280 hitter uh, for best-case scenario, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I, I don't mind that in some leagues, uh, you know, maybe probably points leagues more so than Roto. But even in Roto, it's like in a deep enough league, you know, that's good for, like, average. And, uh, you know, if you're at like, a utility spot or, like, a, um, a corner infielder, sure, you know, like, if it's a deep enough league, but – I think people are a little bit like, you know, they're, they're overestimating how much Alec Baum can do, I think.
5: All right. I mean, I, I like Alec Baum. I I mean, we all loved him last year and it, it burned us, everybody at Razzball to some extent, I think. <laughs> um, so maybe we're just a little hurt from last year. But I mean, I, from the power perspective, I get what you're saying. He's never shown the power. His launch angle is a little too low to, to really put up real power numbers. But I mean, he's also six foot five, two twenty five. So, like, he could he could find power if he just figures out the launch angle piece of it. Uh, so I'm not necessarily gonna say he's you know he's he's capped in that. People may be overestimating you know if they're thinking he's like a thirty home run hitter. He he may not even be a twenty five home run hitter this year. But I think eventually he kind of finds the right mix of plane and launch angle. Uh, it may be. It may be kind of like a reverse Josh Bell situation, uh, where Josh Bell kind of found the power and then found the average. Um, maybe bombs finding the average and then he'll find the power. But you may be right as well. And then Glenn Otto, real quick, just he uh, he got the call up, so wanted to give him five seconds here as he looked really good in his first start. Yeah. yeah, no, completely.
3: I'm uh, I'm probably not adding him yet in most shallower leagues. But, and shallower by shallower I mean like 12 team mixed and shallower. Uh, so like maybe in a 15 team league I would add uh, Glenn Otto now. Uh, AL only, of course. Uh, he's probably. You know, I would say uh, nine and a half K per nine. Good command. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'll be watching him. I'm, I'm really kind of interested in seeing like what he can do. I, I don't really know him that well yet. Uh, he looks on paper like he could be a solid like number three to four like you were saying earlier like ranger suarez wasn't really someone you were uh, that interested in but like glenn otto or ranger suarez th- they might not be that dissimilar so yeah i'm i'm gonna be watching them and i i could see potential here where he makes his way on to shallower team radars
5: yeah he's definitely worth a a watch list ad on on shallow leagues in deep leagues you know i i think he's worth the speculative pickup we don't know who's necessarily going to get bumped when John Gray comes back it, it probably just depends on who's performing at that point so Otto's got a chance here to to kind of stick in the rotation long term potentially so that's worth gambling on, I think to some extent but he's not he's not like a an elite pitching prospect we're not talking about you know Mackenzie Gore um getting getting a rotation spot that's not the type of of prospect we're talking here we're not even talking like Kyle Wright level
3: no well you know we're talking like Eric Lauer who could you know I mean Eric Lauer is like a guy who didn't really look like much of anything previously so he uh you know obviously Sunday Night Baseball uh he just, you know, with the help of uh, Angel Hernandez, he just did so well. <laughs> Angel Hernandez owns Eric Lauer in a fantasy league. You
5: heard <laughs> you heard it here first.
3: Uh you know, the the Brewers are really good with pitching. Uh you know, I'm not saying anything that's like uh, shockingly new <laughs> or or unheard of. Like, uh, you know, this is a, this has been known for a while now. But the Brewers are good with pitching, and Eric, if Eric Lauer had like a Adrian Hauser year from last year, like type year this year, Eric Lauer. I mean, Eric Lauer wasn't even bad last year, to be honest. Like, he had a a 3.19 ERA. And almost nine K nine K per nine in a, almost 120 innings last year. So that's I mean that would that's good. I would take that in any league, uh, you know, even a shallow league. So people who are like, you know, uninterested in Eric Lauer,
5: I don't know. Maybe you should get interested in him. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if he's sitting out there in, in leagues, he definitely needs to be added. If I, I don't think he's going anywhere in the rotation. And like you said, I mean he's pitched well going on for one plus seasons now. He he's he's looked good and he's he's always had a good breaking ball. Um, so if Milwaukee's figured out kind of the right mix for him, it, it definitely could be something here. I think that's plenty of plenty of information for everybody for this week, Gray. Um, if you have specific questions, as always, you can send them to us in the comments or on Twitter. I am at RazBeatOn. Gray is at Razball. Good luck in your matchups this week, and uh, we'll talk to you next one.
4: Leads. Most footwear brands overlook natural materials for cheaper synthetic alternatives. But when it comes to quality, Mother Nature knows best. Allbirds took that idea and ran to create their iconic wool runners. Wool runners are made with premium supernatural materials that are both comfy and durable. So you can run to the ends of the earth or just to the store. Plus, they're machine washable to stay looking as fresh as the first day you got them. The wool runner upper is made with superfine ZQ certified merino wool that's breathable, temperature regulating and moisture wicking and the sugarcane-based sweet foam midsoles cushion your feet and put a little bounce in every stride with all-day support. Allbirds are constantly innovating to increase the performance and longevity of their materials. Even on your toughest outings, you'll wear out before your shoes do. This year, take a big step forward for Mother Nature with the Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair today at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.
2: Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org.